And you can do that today. So make sure you don't walk out those doors not knowing for sure if you're saved or not. You need to make sure you get that nailed down. Uh, and that way, whenever that moment comes, listen, when you know you're saved, you can draw a lot of strength off of that. And so uh, make sure you know that you know that you know that you're saved. And you can know that without a shadow of a doubt. All right, well, let's get in our Bibles this morning. Book of Daniel, chapter 1. Book of Daniel, chapter 1, this morning. And we'll begin there in verse 1. Daniel chapter 1, we'll begin there in verse 1. We're going to talk a little bit about the king's way, uh, not the king that we serve, but uh, the king of Nebuchadnezzar. And he is a good representation of a picture of the devil in the early part of his, in the early part of his life. And so let's take a look at how he represents the devil, how he represents the world. In the very beginning here, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Daniel chapter 1, you know, the Bible says uh, in the word of God that the devil is walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he is out today looking to see who he may devour. He is looking to see what family that he can ruin. He's looking to see what country he can bring down. He's looking to see what people it is that he can enslave and bond uh, to his bill and to his, to his, uh, to his uh, uh, bidding. And so let's take a look at Daniel chapter 1 this morning. Let's go through a few things that I think will be a blessing to you as we get into the Word of God. Now, it's no, um, we look in society today and no secret that we look around and we see how much of a hold it seems the devil has on society. Now, we, look at, uh, we can look at the government. We can look at uh, other different things. We look at the political system, the economic system, financially, all that kind of stuff. And we can see how the devil is doing everything he can, the world system, to move in that, to keep God's people at bay and to keep them in bondage. So as we look at our text today, I want us to see some things that's very important that we understand that I think will be a blessing to your life as we consider what the devil was doing then, uh, even uh, in Daniel's time, and even what he's doing today uh, in our time. And as we look at it, I think it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, some things we need to make sure that we don't forget because how many of you can be forgetful at times? Amen. We can sometimes just let things go. I tell you, we can be forgetful about some about all kinds of stuff. And so, if we don't keep things in the forefront of our minds, and we don't and we don't think about it and ponder on it and realize and hear it, then it'll just it'll just, we'll just forget about it. And so, as we look here tonight, uh, this morning, we're going to look at Daniel uh, chapter one and see what was going on in the uh, in the early part of Daniel's life. Whenever he was just a youth and he was taken by Nebuchadnezzar and some of his friends there and what was going on and what was happening and what they did to stand up for what was right and do what was right despite what the world said and what the world said and what the world was doing. And so let's take a look at it. Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 1, let's begin there in verse 1. The Bible says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. Now I want to take us uh, to the very first truth this morning and notice that well, one of the very first things that we see is we see Nebuchadnezzar, a good representation of the world, a good representation at this point in his life of even the devil himself. And what did he do? Notice what the Bible says that he did. He came against, uh, he came against Judah. He came against God's people. Listen, there is a devil out here, a real devil, a real world out here that is against you. 
Amen. Doesn't want to see you succeed. Doesn't want to see you prosper. Doesn't want to see you have a good day. How many of you can relate to me on the fact that you probably don't believe the devil wants you to have a good day? Do you feel like the devil bothers you sometimes throughout the day? And you're like, I know Amy's got this shirt that says, Not today, Satan. Yeah. Not today. And sometimes you just have to have that understanding. Listen, you say, hey, not to devil, uh, not today, devil. You're not going to do this today. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to live in strength and, and I'm going to be what God needs me to be. You're not going to get me down today. But what is it that, what is it that Nebuchadnezzar did? He noticed there in verse, there in verse one, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar came and the Bible says that he was the king of that. He came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. Now, what, what does it mean if, uh, if you besiege a city? What does that mean? Now, uh, that, that, means to, that means to engulf or surround because that's a, lot, that's a lot of times what the kings back then did. They would come to a country or, 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 or a village or whatever it was and they would surround the place surround the place so that nothing good could come in, nothing good could come out. And they would surround it, and what they would do is the people on the inside would, in essence, starve to death. They would starve. And, they, and, and, the, and, the, and the enemy would get them to the point on the inside to where they were fighting together, they were, they were stealing from each other, they were doing all kinds of things against each other, and they were starving on the inside to get them to the point that they would submit, to get them to the point that they would surrender. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is a good example of who the devil is and what the devil does. Now, what does the devil do? The devil He'll come to your home, he'll come to your personal life, and he'll in essence try to surround your life, surround your home, surround your church, community, or whatever it is, surround it, engulf it, and do everything he can to apply pressure to it so that you submit, so that you give in, so that you in essence die on the inside and then become a servant of his. And that's what the devil wants, and that's what the devil desires. Now, you have a choice this morning. You can decide, you have, you have a choice today to say, you know what, I'm going to live for God, even though, have you ever felt like you was just surrounded, you know, disappointed in your life, whether just, just surrounded by, whether it was surrounded that you felt like you was under spiritual attack, or, or whether you was surrounded that you just felt like, man, there's so many things on the outside that are just trying to get to me. There's so many things on the outside that are just trying to get in. How do you defend that? How do you fight against that? Well, the Bible says that the devil is uh, out here as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But the Bible also tells us in the very next verse the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But you see, one of the things that we do is we forget the submit to God part and we just try to resist the devil. But we, we, we forget the submit to God part. Now, if you submit to God, then what does that mean? Now, if I'm submitting to God, then that means that I'm going to, that means I am surrendering myself to Him. I understand that I'm in a helpless situation, that I can't do this on my own. I can't fight this on my own. I can't handle this on my own. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to surrender to God. And you say, well, that sounds, that's, you say, well, that sounds easy. Surrender to God. Well, you know what surrender to God means? That means if you're surrendering to God, that means you're going to put Him in charge of your life. 
And that's somebody, hey, a lot of folks don't like to put somebody else in charge of their life. They like to be in control of their own life. They want to, they want to do what they want to do, think how they want to think, go where they want to go, you know. And, and, and so we have to surrender. We have to submit ourselves to God. God, you're in control of this. You're in control of this. Lord, I, I'm giving it all up to you. And, 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 and you pray and you read your Bible and you let God move and you ask, you ask God to work and, and you submit yourself to him. Whatever it is his will is, is what you're willing to take. Whatever it is that his will is that you're willing to have. You know, whenever Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whenever they were cast into the fiery furnace, you know what Nebuchadnezzar said to them? He says, you really think God, you really think that your God is going to come down here and help you? I mean, he was getting ready to take these three guys. He was getting ready to throw them in the fiery furnace. And he says, what God do you think is going to come down here and help you? You really think that the God of Israel is going to come down here and help you? He says, I tell you what, if you bow down and worship me and submit to me, and you worship me and serve me, then, then, then everything will be all right. But he says, but if you don't, we're going to throw you in this fiery furnace. You know what, you know what, the, you know what the guy said? Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, you know what? They said, we believe that God will help us. He says, but if he don't. You know what that means? But if he don't. They were submitting themselves to him. We know that God can. If it's God's desire and if it's God's will, he can pull us out of this situation. He can help us. But you know what? If he don't, we're still not going to bow down and serve you. You know what they were doing? They were saying, all right, Lord, I'm surrendering myself to you. I'm not going to try to figure on my, I'm not going to try to get out of this thing myself. I'm not going to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm honoring you. I'm not going to try, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to surrender myself to you and God, whatever you decide. Whatever you decide is best, whatever you decide. Listen, when you start leaving decisions up to God and, and instead of yourself, now that make you nervous sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? It ought not because God knows best. Amen. It ought not, but God knows best. But we see, we have a hard time submitting. We have a hard time surrendering. But if we'll submit and we'll surrender, then we'll, we'll, then we'll be able to, man, I tell you what, it'll, it'll uh, really st- give a lot of stabilization to our spiritual life. Because listen, why not submit? And why not to surrender to a God that can do all things? Amen. And so what we see here is Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. And his purpose was to starve everybody on the inside. His purpose was to surround that family, surround those families, surround this town, surround this village, and do everything we can to keep anything good from coming in, keep anything from coming out, and we'll just starve these people on the inside. And we'll just ruin them. We'll destroy them. We'll bring them down. Let me ask you this. How long before the devil comes to your house? How long is it before the devil comes to your house? How long is it before the devil starts to besiege around you, around you, your personal life? You're walking throughout the day trying to live for God the best you can and it seems like everywhere you go, the devil's all around you doing everything he can to bring you down and whisper in your ear and, 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 get, you, and get you way off track, way off course somewhere. He'll help you to backslide and get away from God. Listen, the devil cares about your life. He cares about what you're doing. He cares about where you're going because he wants to do everything he can to ruin you. to bring you down, to starve you half to death. He doesn't want you to come to a Bible-believing church and hear about God. He He doesn't want you to grow in the Lord and become strong and be strengthened. He doesn't want any of that stuff any of that stuff. So what he's going to do is, is he's going to surround your life as much as possible, apply as much pressure as he can because he wants you to die on the inside. Does that make sense? He wants you to die on the inside. And the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar, he came and he besieged that city 
of Judah. And the Bible says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. So, what we see here is, not only do we see Nebuchadnezzar coming in to besiege the city and to ruin it and to surround it and to put it into submission, but we also see that whenever he won, when he got the victory, what did he do? He took, he took some of those people that were down there, mainly the kids. He took some of those people down there and he took them and he brought them back and he put them in the house of his God. Listen, we got to understand something this morning. The devil wants to surround us. Yeah, he, he wants you, but he also wants your kids. He wants your kids. He wants those little ones because he knows that if he can grab a hold of these little ones, because listen, the little ones are the next generation of Christians. Amen. Those little ones are the next generation of Christians. And if we, can, if we can make it as hard as possible on mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, if we can make it as, as, as hard as possible on them, surround them, put them into submission to where they quit, they give up, and, and, and they don't want no part of the, the church no more, no part of God no more, put them into submission, ruin them, destroy them, then we can get a hold of their kids and we'll take their kids and we'll put them in the house of, we'll put them in the house of our God and we'll put them over there. Listen, they there's a lot of kids today that are in the house of another God. The house of another God. And you say, I'm not talking about necessarily a, a, a church like this. I'm talking about they're in their homes and, they're, and that home is a house of another God. That's exactly right. And so we see that Nebuchadnezzar, he came and he destroyed that city and he took all these kids and one of the things that he wanted to do with those kids is he wanted to take them and put them in the house of, a, of, of his own God. Put them in a place where all they heard was everything about Baal. And all they heard was everything about all these other false gods. And listen, you, if you end up in a place or you put yourself in a place where you are constantly surrounded by nothing but the world and eventually that world's going to get to you if you're not strong enough. Amen? That world's going to get to you. And we see here the Bible says that he wanted to do everything he could to, get, to bring them out of where they were at. Listen, the devil wants to do everything he can to bring you out from where you're at. He wants to bring you out from where you're at because there's a place where he wants you to be. He wants you to be back here. He wants you to be in prison. He wants you to be in submission. He wants you to be over here serving him and he will ruin your family, take everything you got, apply whatever pressure he has to to pull you out from where you are and to put you in this place over here on your knees in service to him and he wants those kids because he knows if he can keep if he knows if he can keep the God of Israel out of their heads and surround them constantly with the gods of this world, then they won't raise then we won't raise another generation of Christians. And that's what this world's doing. That's what the devil's doing today. He's doing everything he can to get to our kids so that we don't raise up another generation of God's people. Because the devil wants it to be that he gets it to the point where nobody Serves God. Nobody loves God. That, 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 that this, this land, even America, the great that we serve and love, that he can get a country as great as the United States to be on its knees in service to him. And that's what the devil wants. And every day, 
Every day you hear on the news. Every day you hear on the radio. Every day you see something else the devil's doing. You say, oh, you you give the devil too much credit. Listen, the devil's responsible for it anyways. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The Bible shows us here that Nebuchadnezzar, he came, and whenever he besieged them, he wanted to take their kids, and the Bible says he took them. There in verse 3, the Bible says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. And so he wanted the children of Israel. The devil wanted the children. Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted the children. What did he want the children for? The same reason the devil wants the kids today. The Bible says there in verse 4, Children in, whose, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding and science and had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach. See that? Whom they might teach. See, the devil wants to do everything he can to grab these kids, grab our youngins, your youngins, those, your precious little kids. He wants to do everything he can to grab them and he wants to put them, he wants to put them in another place, a place that is without God. And he wants to surround them with ungodly worldly things so that that's all they see, that's all they hear, that's all they think about. And if he can surround them with all this stuff, then they'll, they'll not think about God anymore. They'll not think about the church anymore. They'll not think about the word of God anymore. They won't care about none of this stuff anymore. We'll just surround him with all this evil. Surround him with all the things of the world and that's what they'll find their interest in. That's what they'll cleave to. That's what they'll desire. That's what they'll want and then once we got them in there then what we'll do is is we'll now teach them our way. We'll teach them our way. The Bible says here in the text that they might teach teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. Watch this. And the king, the Bible says, the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. Listen, there's a a lot of folks out here that are getting a daily provision of what the devil wants them to have. There's a lot of folks out here, a lot of families that are getting a daily provision of the king's meat this morning. You say, well, what's the king's meat? You mean, what what do you mean getting a daily provision of the king's meat? Listen, Nebuchadnezzar, had, had certain foods that he wanted these kids to eat. And he wanted, them, he wanted them to eat this stuff all the time. For three years, he was going to have, he was going to serve this stuff to them. And for three years, he wanted them to do nothing but eat what he provided for them. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do too. He's got, you know, see, devil, the devil has his own, he has his own, uh, he has his own menu. And on that menu, there are a lot of things. See, the devil has a menu that he wants you to partake of. And on that menu is all kinds of things. You say, well, what is on there? Well, I think one of the things that's on there is, um, I think one of the things that's on there is under the topic of the kind of music that we listen to. Amen? That's exactly right. The kind of music, you say, what do you mean the kind of music we listen to? Listen, there's a lot of stuff out here. There, there, is so, there is so much stuff going on out here on the radio. There is so much stuff that I tell you what, that this world, the world out here just praises and acknowledges and thinks it's just the greatest thing. But I tell you what, there's a lot of trash that's coming out here on the radio. There's a lot of trash that's being sung in these microphones out here in this world today. And let me tell you something. Music has a tremendous impact. Tremendous impact. Listen, here in the church, we love good godly music. Listen, out there in the world, they love worldly music. That's what they love. 
That's what they crave. That's what they're going for. And listen, the devil knows the same thing. And if he can surround your kids with ungodly, wicked music that talk about, uh, that talk about uh, you know, sleeping with this person and sleeping with this person and not having any decent morals about themselves whatsoever, you know, doing all different kinds of things, living in sin, you know, drinking and, and doing drugs and all this kind of stuff. If the, if the devil can surround their minds with this stuff all day, every day, all day, every day. There was a daily provision of the king's meat Every day, the devil has something that he wants to provide for our youth. Every day, the devil has something that he wants to provide for you, for you. There was a daily provision of the king's meat. And listen, we gotta be careful about this stuff that we let go in here. Because it comes in here and the next, oh, it'll, it won't affect me, it won't bother me. How many of you find it, how many of you have ever found this out? That you can listen to a worldly song out here and learn the lyrics, but you can't for the life of yourself remember a Bible verse. That's exactly right. I mean, man, we can sing whole songs. I mean, we can take, a, we can take some of these songs out here in the world and, and sing, parag- I mean, sing the whole thing. But can't hardly remember a Bible verse for nothing. You say, why is that? Because that's the devil working. The devil don't want you to get the word of God in your heart. He doesn't want you to have a lodging place for that. Man, if he can surround your mind, fill your mind up with all this evil, wicked, worldly stuff, then how are you going to have the room? How are you going to have the room for God's word in your heart? Listen, how many of you know that you can't put but so much in a trash can before it flows out? Amen. You can't put but so much in it. before, And you just keep trying to put stuff in it, put stuff in it. Eventually, it's just going to fall out over the place, and it's going to make a mess, and it's going to stink up everything. Listen, same thing going to happen in your life. There ain't but so much that you can put in here. And if you fill it up with trash, then what kind of life do you think you're going to have? You're going to have a trashy, stinking life. Amen. And you're going to think trashy, stinking thoughts. Amen. That's exactly right. That's what's going to happen. Listen, if you want your life to be different, you want your life to be better, you want to think different, then listen, we got to get the trash out. Have a trash day. Have a trash day. Man, just go out, just chunk everything out that don't belong there. You know what they did in the book of Acts? Man, Paul went through there. He was preaching. The, man, there was a revival like you ain't never seen, a revival like you ain't never believed. And man, the whole city got together, and they come out there. And you know what they did? Everything that was against God, they threw it outside in a pile and burned it. And even back in their day, even back in their day, it come up to about a million dollars worth of books and all kind of stuff they threw out there. Listen, have a trash day. Hey, trash day would be a good day. How many of you like trash day? When, listen, when you get rid of the trash, what do you do? You get rid of the smell too, amen? When you get rid of the trash, you get rid of the smell. And listen, when that stuff sits around for so long, it tends to stink up your life. And don't just stink up your life. It stinks up the neighbor too. That's right. They provided a daily provision, not only is they music, but hey, let's think about this. Let's think about all the video games our kids are playing today. Amen? Let's think about all the video games our kids play today. Now, if we was to, if we was to look, at the, look at the different video games, have you ever walked, have you ever went into Walmart, and when you went down the game section, and you looked in there, see, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, you could, you know, you could pretty much play anything you wanted. You didn't have, a, you didn't have a, an everyone or, or a mature or a, you know, whatever the other ages are or teen or whatever. You just went in. You could play a game. It was meant for everybody. But now you go in. 
and you got one for mature, you got one for this, you got one for this, one for that, and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world? And then your kid looks at it and says, oh yeah, so-and-so's got this one. Oh man, he talks about that, how great that game is. And, and you know, you hate to say to your young one, but because you know better, you look at him and you say, sorry son, you can't have that one. Sorry, son, you can't have that one. Listen, did you know that these video games out here, these video games out here, Grand Theft Auto, from what I understand, Grand Theft Auto, whatever part it is, that you can get on that game and you earn points for taking somebody off the street, go down, drive a car down the street, steal it, drive down the street, get out of your car, see a woman walking down the street, go up to her, mug her, rob her, throw her in the car, take her to a, a park somewhere and rape her and get points for it on a video game. A video game. Take her out to a boat dock, get in a boat, throw her off the boat, and then run over her with the boat and get points for it. Video games. We surround them. How, and, if, and if your kid's anything like mine sometimes, what do you find them doing sometimes? They can play a video game for six hours a day, listen to music for six hours a day, but fall asleep during a message that God's, that, that God's man is trying to preach or fall asleep during Sunday school or fall asleep or whatever in anything else. Can't handle it, can't take it, lose interest, bored half to death. Why? Because the devil's got their minds so wrapped up in all this stuff. Music, video games, we just think about the violence in general. All the sexual content that we see. Listen, yeah, I, don't have, I ain't watched, I, we ain't had regular TV in what? four or five years, something like that. For one, I just got tired of paying for it because I didn't ever watch anything on it because everything on it was a bunch of trash. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that too. I'm just saying that's what I did. But I remember watching all these commercials, and I tell you, you couldn't even watch a commercial without there being junk on it. I mean, next thing, I mean, they come out, started coming out with all kinds of stuff. I'm looking at them thinking, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And then I got my little kids looking at it saying, Dad, what are they talking about? Listen, I shouldn't have to explain to my five-year-old kids what they said. He said, well, you can just turn the TV off. No, I did better than that. I got rid of it. But you see, the problem is, you can do all these things, and you can take all the measures and preventive measures that you want, but the devil still, he still comes in, he still does everything he can to get them wrapped up. You think about all the sexual content that we see out here in the world today. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I have seen, I, I, I think I have probably seen sand fleas on the beach that wear more clothes than some of the people I've seen walk around up here at the mall. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's exactly right. See, people walk by and I'm thinking to myself, great day in the morning. How in the world they ever even let him outside looking like that or let her outside looking like that? I mean, good night. I mean, leave nothing to imagination whatsoever. Yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen more sand fleas that had more clothes on than they did. All the drugs and the alcohol and the all that stuff. See, that's on the devil's menu. And the devil's got this menu and he's saying, all right, what can I get them in? What can I get them in? What can I bring them down in? What, what can I do this? And what can I do here? And what can I do here? And what can I do there? And, and he sits back and he analyzes your family. And he sits there and he looks and says, all right, all right listen. This is, the, this, is, this is how they work. This is how they operate. What's the best way to bring them down? Listen, if you don't think the devil sits over here in church sometimes doing this right here, you're sadly mistaken. If you don't think the devil comes in gospel light Baptist church and sits over here with his hands folded and is looking around this church to see who he can bring down and what he can do to them today, you're sadly mistaken. 
If you don't think the devil's going to do something like this, come over here, Brother Andrew's sitting right here, and, brother, and, and the devil just come right here and say, man, don't listen to what he's saying. Ain't he crazy? I mean, listen, all, you care all that junk he just said. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, what's the point in listening to him? I mean, you know, you're living your life the best way you can anyways. And, you know, hey, you're a pretty good old guy, and, hey, you don't really need this church anyway. You know, and the Lord's good to, you know, you don't need none of this stuff. What's the point in, what's the point in listening to this mess? And it happens. And it don't just happen to him. It happens to you too. Happens to you too. Sitting right here in church. Sitting right here in church. Devil, get your mind thinking about something else. Oh, it's Labor Day weekend. I can't wait till I get out there on that boat. Oh, I mean, I tell you, well, we got this ball game tomorrow. I wonder who's playing today. Yeah. The devil can do everything he can to get you so distracted that you don't, you, you're not even thinking about God. You're not listening to God. I ain't got time for all this. All right, here we go. And we're going we're gonna to stop. Two more verses. The Bible says, Now among these, let's finish up verse, verse 5. A daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he also drank, so nourishing them three years. Listen, he wanted to nourish them with what he wanted to nourish them with. He wanted to raise them, strengthen them, bring them up on what he had for them. For years, listen, for years. You know, you, you see all these, you let, you let something go for so long. And then, and, and then there's, it's almost like there, it, there's almost like there's nothing you can do about it. And, and, and so they just let this thing go on for years and years and years. Listen, as moms and dads, we let some of this stuff go on. If we don't nip things in the bud like Barney Five said, you ever watch Barney Five? You know, Barney Five, he says, nip it, nip it, nip it in the bud. If you don't nip it in the bud, you know what's going to happen? You're going to go and it's going to be three years. And it's going to be three years and three years later, you're going to be sitting back wondering, why do my kids think like this? Why do my kids talk like this? Why do my kids act like this? Listen, it's because for three years, the devil's been rolling in their minds, surrounding them, surrounding that family. You got to do something about it. You have to have trash day and you got to kick that mess out. The Bible says there in verse 6, Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle and Azariah. That was the real names. Unto them, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. So what was the devil wanting to do? The devil wanted to change their names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar. Belshazzar. See, the devil wanted to do everything he can to change their identity, to change who they are. To change who they are. I don't want you to remember no more that you're a Christian. I don't want you to remember no more the God that you serve. I don't want you to remember no more the, the, the life that you have serving the Lord. Now we're going to change things. We're going to change your identity. We're going to change who you are. You ever seem like sometimes that people, I mean, they just, just change just like that. And you're like, what in the world happened to them? I mean, I used to know them as this. And now, man, look at them. Great day. What in the world happened? The devil wants to do everything he can to change who you are, to change your identity so that you forget who you even were before. You say, is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. And that's why the devil was doing it. Listen, check this out. Daniel's name means God is my judge. But they, but they changed it to Belshazzar, which means Baal, false god, will protect. They wanted to change it to that. The next name, Hananiah, his name means God is gracious. God is gracious. But they wanted to change his name to Shadrach, which means inspiration of the sun. Inspiration of the sun, which is a false god that they served. Then you also see Abednego. Abednego, his name means the Lord. They changed his name to Azariah. Uh, and they changed his name to the Lord. I mean, his name means the Lord is my helper. But they changed his name to Abednego, which means the servant of Nego. Which means the servant of their false god. 
You say, well, what difference does that make? Did you see what I just said? This is who they were. This is who they were. And then the devil was going to take them and put them in a different place, surround them for years with things of nothing but evil, wicked stuff from the world, give them a daily provision of the king's meat, and then change their identity, change who they are, so that they no longer see themselves as God is my judge or the Lord is my helper or that God is gracious. The, God, the devil didn't want them to see that no more. He wanted them to forget about all that stuff. But notice there in verse 8, the Bible says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. He purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to do it. You say, preacher, how do I, is it possible? Is it possible for a child of God, for a family of God to live out here in this wicked old world and all the things that it serves up? Is it possible for, for a child of God to, to, to purpose in their heart to live right and to do right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You have the power in, with inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And so you have within you the power and the ability to stand up and purpose within your heart that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live a righteous life. I'm going to live holy. And this is how I'm going to live. Listen, it don't matter what the world's doing. Listen, the devil would have you think that everybody around you has done fell down and bowed to him and served him, but let me tell you something there. The Bible says that God always leaves a remnant. There's people out here that do love the Lord. They do serve God. They want to live a righteous life. So don't you think for one second that you have to bow down because everybody else is because not everybody else is. Does that make sense? It's exactly right. The devil have you think you're the only one. Well, what about so-and-so? This is what their mom and dad lets them do. What about them? What about them? What about them? Listen, you don't live with them. You live with me. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's exactly right. You take control. You're the mom. You're the dad. You take control of that situation. You know what's best for them, spiritually speaking. The Bible shows us there in verse 8 that Daniel purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile with himself. Listen, People, young people, adults, young people, you got to understand. You got a purpose within your heart. You got to make a decision within your heart to say, you know what? I'm going to live for God. I don't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, worry about what the world's doing. I'm not going to worry about what he's doing what she's doing, how they're living their life, and 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 what they're wanting me to do, and where they're wanting me to go. You got a purpose within your heart that you're going to live for God, and that you're going to do what's right. Because you know what? What's going to happen is, is you're going to come out in the end. You're going to come out in the end a whole lot better off. A whole lot better off. Now I ain't got time to read all of it this morning, but you keep reading through this right here, and you keep going down a few verses, keep going down, and you'll see, you'll see that Daniel, when he purposed in his heart that he was not going to eat the king's meat, and he told him, he said, listen, give us a daily portion of this other stuff. Uh, give us a daily portion of, of the pulse and the water. And he says, and I guarantee you that if you'll just, that if, if you'll just give us this, we won't defile ourselves with the world. We won't defile ourselves with the king's meat. We'll, just, we'll have what God wants us to have. And then he says, you just give us 10 days. Let's just see what God can do. You give us 10 days and we'll devote ourselves to God and let's just see what God does. And so the guy did. 
He gave them 10 days. You know what happened when that 10 days was over? The Bible says that they were fair and they were fatter. I'm not sure if that's what you're looking for or not, but that's what the Bible says. And the Bible says that they were fair and they were fatter and they looked better and they were stronger because they took what God wanted them to have. Listen, the devil out here in this world out here has a menu for you and you've got to decide, I'm not going to eat off this menu today. I'm not going to eat off of it because I'm a different person and I live a different way and you've got to decide within yourself and purpose within your heart that that's what you're going to do. Now, did I say it was going to be easy? No, I didn't say it was going to be easy, but I said, it, it, but it can be. It's possible. It's possible. You can do it. Let's pray.